All the latest news, views and reaction to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442 FM. Welcome to Around the Block. Hello and thank you for tuning in to 442 versus Around the Block. Special podcast, 442 have taken to the road. We have uh, not gone too far. We've only ended up in Harris Park uh, in the western suburbs of Sydney. Um, we're in Billu's uh, Indian restaurant, 62 Wigram Street, uh, and just had a very nice dinner. Um, so I'm your host, Adam Jackson. I will be chairing and moderating uh, this special. Um, 442 will be uh, tackling some big issues with the Western Sydney Boys Around the Block podcast. Um, with me, from... On my left, Kevin Ayres, 442 editor. Oh, that'll be me. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Pointing the right microphone up, you know. We've got Ivan Namara. Good day, everyone. <laughs> Good day, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Do Ron Ron. <laughs> you called him Ron. Good day, everyone. He said, oh, ah, I heard everyone. Bloody one time I was saying I'll vouch for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Kennedy. Yo. Michael Turner. Hello. Tatiana Shaba. Hi. And Nick Nova. That's not my last name, but hi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone knows my last name, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, well done, Ivan. Well done. I'll buy you a B. Nick Nova will do for me. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so to kick off this pod, um, we shall start, uh, as we're, we've just eaten some curry, uh, had a very nice feed here at Billu's. We will start off with a A-League Australian football curry 11. Uh, so working our way around the table. I'll start with um, the coach, Tony Popper. Dom? Hey. <laughs> you just stole my thunder because I was going to go with uh, Poppy Dommy Urich. But I like that. So, so, we've, so we've got a striker and a coach, all right? I'm going with a, with, a, with a wondrous boy, Biryani Pekaras. Very nice. Well, I actually think the A-League should be called the Hyundai Bayleaf. But um, <laughs> my, my one today was Butters Nickel. Nickels. <laughs> uh, South Park reference for Nick Nova there. Thank you. Thank I've you. gone for the uh, playing style as opposed to a player. And I've gone with them playing the chicken ticker tacker. Nicely done. <laughs> I've uh, I've gone with Eric Chapatalu. Oh, very good. That is solid. We like yeah, that. We solid. Like that. Thank you. I've got the uh, not so much food, but I'm um, still Indian related. The uh, Taj Babal for Eli Babal. So there's that one there. <laughs> Absolute genius. I think that was my favourite. Very well done. Um, any more for any more? I think you had one, Adam, didn't you? Um, you can say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'll to. go with uh, Nathan Burns in the morning. Yeah, hey. <laughs> that was the winner at dinner. <laughs> Ivan's out. He's just. <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't heard that one in the in the, in the build up. That's my favourite one for sure. Um, all right then. And it, so, it is the P of a curry off, of course. Oh yeah, we so, forgot the main one actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is going to be his lasting legacy. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> 
having this event named after him. That's the he, only thing we're going to remember, remember him for. He was actually invited, uh, contacted the club to invite him along, but when it was sort of lost in translation, the joke, so he didn't quite get it. So, uh, unfortunately... <laughs> there was one in season one called the Dino Corresinger, but uh, that... That didn't really take off as well as we would have liked. He missed. (laughs) Um, Right, so this is the boycott special. Um, We've started fairly jovial, um, but but we are here to tackle the big issues of Australian football. Um, Unfortunately, this has been timed. Uh, Fundamental problem that uh, we're holding this as the meeting is being taken is taking place. Yeah, with the FFA and fans. So probably this is going to be completely redundant by tomorrow morning. Mm. But you know, this is what it was tonight. I I only came for some curry anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's the main thing. I think this pod is just just an extra. Well, we all said that if it wasn't going ahead, if the media types didn't come. We'll come up for curry anyway. Oh, yeah, we're still going to eat. No, as always. But the, the media type happen. sent me a text saying much the same thing. So. <laughs> Screw the football, we're here for the curry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to say that um, there was a, a first choice Adam that was going to be uh, hosting this pod, uh, but Peacock, unfortunately, was, that was uh, asked to... <laughs> Down with Fox Sports. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> Fox out. <laughs> Fox off. Oh, no! <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right, all right, we've all had a beer. Except <laughs> <laughs> me. All right. I seem to run out. Let's, uh, yeah, I have as well. I've, I've, I've had to put water in my beer glass. What's the service here? Yeah. Uh, I'm joking, it's very good. Um, all right then, boycott. Um, intro. Uh... <laughs> Are we boycotting the intro? Is that what happened? I've boycotted my intro. Kev, what do you have to say? Oh, God, you're going straight to me, are we? Okay. Um, Well, it's kind of hard to say when everything's all going to change today. Um, Just before we came here, Stephen Loy had his doorstep uh, outside FFA HQ uh, after talking to the rest of the board and basically said that the A-League is on very shaky ground at the moment. Uh, which was a surprising admission, uh, given his position. Mm. Uh, but I think it's it's a realistic surmising of the situation, and it's possibly the most realistic surmising of the situation we've had since the whole thing began from FFHQ. Um, I think they're finally getting the message that this is not normal. You know, no matter where you look in the world, fans, active fans, don't boycott an entire round. Uh, from all the clubs. You may get one club boycotting, you may get another club protesting, you may get protests outside uh, club HQs after a match. You don't get all the active support withdrawing that support for an entire round of matches and threatening to keep it up for another two months. Uh, it's mainly just fans drawing on bedsheets, really, in, in other leagues, really, isn't it? <laughs> to, show their, to show their disapproval. The, the Which we did A4, too. The A4 piece of paper was yeah. a very strongly worded message. Saying boo. <laughs> really, really meant. Um, so, yeah, the, the, it is, it's a big deal. Uh, and I think they finally realised that at last. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they come to the party with tonight, to the fans. I think that we're still goes back to the initial problem, though. I don't know what they can bring, realistically. Mm. Uh, I don't know what the fans can bring either. The FFA have told me in private conversations that they reserve the right to effectively run the whole competition as a business. And that means that they're running 
essentially a series of pubs and they can refuse entry to anybody they like. Uh, but if they want to run it as a business, they have to accept that sometimes the customers aren't going to like what they're selling in that case, mm. and they're going to withdraw their, their their right to their wish to buy the goods on offer. Uh, and that is currently infuriating the FFA because you know they want it with they want to have the cake and eat it. Mm. Uh, this is the big obstacle, we've, big obstacle we've got to overcome. They can't. They say they can't release the the evidence that's against fans who have been banned or facing bans because they've signed a legal deed of agreement with the police, and that was the only way they could negotiate getting access to the footage. Uh, so if that's the case and that can't be handed over, we've got a huge impasse there. Uh, they say that they're not. That means that the, the appeals process can't be open and transparent. Another huge impasse for the fans. Uh, I just don't think we're going to get Gallop's head mistake from this one. It's too too big and an important time in the FFA's history with the TV deal coming. So you're not going to get his head in the plate. Debone is on a stickier wicket uh, for that one. But even <laughs> even. Even if he was to... Can I just say, I love the cricket record. Yeah, it's a nice one, mate. Even if he was to uh, walk uh, and leave the wicket behind, he, I, I'm not sure what, what difference that would make, to be honest. It's, it's not going to change anything with the fans. So Continue in the cricket yeah. metaphor. Mm, exactly. <laughs> Can we call it Jeffrey Bocart? Even if he was... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, so even if he was to go, I'm not sure what, how much that would solve. So we've, we need a circuit breaker, uh, and I'm not sure what that's going to be. All I can imagine is that the fans are going to be much more closely involved in the review process that the FFA are promising, uh, and they will actually take an active part and possibly some sort of fans representative on a board that looks at the, uh, the banning process. Uh, what do you guys think? Personally... The FFA have handled this so poorly. I think that they could have come out with that third or fourth press conference first and maybe won some people over. But the way that they handled it meant that they lost people permanently, myself included. I don't believe that Damon DeBowen, David Gallup or Stephen Lowy can save this. If they come back with some sort of bans appeals process, okay, fair enough. But... You look at all the other things that they've stuffed up and you look at the past weekend with two teams wearing white kits, essentially, uh, which I did actually mention on Twitter that um, maybe that was Damien DeBowen's cricket background coming into it. I think games <laughs> might go for five days and still end in a draw shortly. But um, I, I just don't... I think that they've lost too many people now. But uh, if if we've already lost confidence in Stephen Lowy, who's been in the job for two weeks, who do we go to next? Like... I don't, like, I don't understand business in that respect. I, I go, hey, there's football on. I watch it. I, mm. I enjoy it. I don't understand CEOs and board members. I don't care about them. Quite frankly, they could leave and I wouldn't know the difference. Um, but the fact that Gallup... I mean, we've heard things I probably can't <laughs> repeat, but just there's incompetences here that, like from Gallup, from DeBowen... But then you think, okay, maybe they're just mouthpieces for the guys at the top. But then when the guys at the top are the ones saying, right, no, you need to say this, and then that's wrong, it's like, 
Man, I don't know where to go from there. I think there's been a lot of very confused and mixed messages come out from the FFA over the last few weeks. I mean, not least on whether or not there is actually an appeals process. Uh, we seem to have been flip-flopping on that uh, over the past uh, month. And then, you know, the way the, the press conferences have been handled has been appalling, pretty much. Uh, the uh, determination to take a hard line from day one only to finally backtrack when the boycotts were beyond imminent. Can, uh, I, can I add, Kevin, that the, the problem as I see it, the problem as I see it is that it's not coming from above. And, and these people that are at the head of the game, they see the game in this way. That's why they're not coming out to protect us. That's, not why, they, that's why they're not standing up for the fans and giving fair appeals process or whatever it might be across the board. They've made blunder after blunder after blunder, and it's because they don't get it. They don't get it. They don't understand what the game's about and what it represents. Um, I said earlier in the week that I, I don't want to be the number one sport in Australia. I could care less about being the number one sport in Australia. Mm. I want to be a reflection of the society that I, that I value and, 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 and the fans that are passionate. That's what I want. And if we get 15,000 people to the stadiums, so be it. Mm. We'll still be the most active sport in Australia. Yeah. Mm. We don't have to have the, the, the AFL crowds. I could care less about that plastic like, rubbish. I mean, Yvonne, we've had moments where we've had, what, 4,000, 5,000 people at our games and we've just absolutely gone ballistic and that 4,000 makes it sound like it's 20,000, mm. you know, when you yeah. have a certain yeah. elect. So, you know, it, it's quality over quantity. So, like Yvonne says, yeah, you know, you might, you know, look to get derbies at 40,000 or 50,000 and whatnot, but if it's just random people who genuinely don't really care and they're for the spectacle, it doesn't really contribute in my sense because we want we want to be there because, you know, it's what we do. We are football, as they say. You know what I mean? So that's pretty much how it goes for me. Well, we've mentioned this in the past on, in our shows, and it comes down to potentially, you know, how the FFA have completely mismanaged this from the start. And it's not just, you know, in the last couple of months. This has stemmed from such a long time. But the FFA is so interested in bringing in the non-football community. They're not catering to their current act active market that's actually interested in the game, which is us, the people who are sitting here on a Wednesday night watching and talking about football in our spare time effectively. You know, we're the target market they should be chasing it shouldn't be these other people because they completely neglect the rest of us and you know the fans have made that clear already okay so to, to bring it back in terms of this meeting and and what we hope to achieve at, at the, the active supporters and the ffa do 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 fans want a sacrifice do they want de bowen to leave to, to get sacked do they want gallop to yeah get stuck <laughs> well, the, pro the problem is, it might not. If if that's the only thing we get out of this, you know, out of this whole process, it might not solve anything anyway. It's not just having these heads or figureheads being taken down. It's the fact that the the problems need to be eradicated and changed, processes put in place, communication fixed. I mean, it stems a lot of this comes down to communication between fans, between groups within the FFA, between different stakeholders of the game, of which the fans are one of them. Communication needs to be fixed. If you remove the Bowen, if you remove Gallup, if you remove Lowell, Will these problems necessarily go away? No. We need to see a resolution of these issues. I, I think a, there's been a lot of negativity in the last couple of weeks. And if you look at some of the positives that the FFA has done, such as bringing the Asia Cup here, managing to win it, appointing Ange and managing to win it, also the, um, the in, uh, inclusion of the FFA Cup, which, fair enough, they managed to stuff up the final this year. But it's still something that fans were calling for for a long time. These guys do know to an extent what the fans want and they do listen to an extent.
in in one in some ways, if you were to sack the Bowen or Gallup, it's just taking a further backward step, and then you've got to re-educate somebody else who's probably not going to be a football person. Let's face it. To, to get up to speed again. At I least mean, these guys at the moment are in a position where they're like, right, we've stuffed this whole thing up. Let's listen now and let's see what the fans want us to do. I think that that's a very good point. That you know, we, we, it's I think the, the same point's been raised with uh, about the police as well, where there's been a succession of police chiefs coming in, learning what football fans are all about, then getting moved to another job and something new comes in and the, the whole thing starts all over again. It becomes a confrontational exercise again. Um, I think there is a fundamental problem, though, with the FFA where they tend to think of fans as a necessary evil, mm -hmm. uh, where you know they're a marketing tool and we need them uh, to create the atmosphere without actually considering the fact that they are the only people who pay to be there. Everyone else is, is paid to be in the stadium. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there is, there's just this general lack of respect for fans, uh, mm. which I think really needs to be addressed more than anything. And that attitude seems to trickle down the organisation. I mean, if you look at sort of the, the administration behind security and police and, and organisations like Hatamoto, they've come in here seeing the, the fans as a necessary evil, effectively, as you say. So they're, they're out there to look for these things out there, these, these antisocial, as opposed to managing the crowds. They seem to be out there looking for the antisocial aspect of it. So they're obviously going to look and they're going to find what they're looking for because they're looking so intently at it, regardless of whether it's happened or not. But I know we'll touch on that later. And I mean, with the point of some of the CEOs, removing them at a vital point, you touched on it before, Gallup is quite vital in a TV deal, in, in the structure of a TV deal. And a lot of people come out in the media and, and Twitter and social media and say, we need a football person in charge. This is little known, but I mean, Damien Devon is a football person. He spent two years or one year with the A-League at, at, when it started. He was at the FFV and he played football since he was five for Box Hill United in Victoria. So, I mean, we have this football person. Does bringing a football person in here necessarily change anything? It doesn't. I think there probably is a, a, a small argument. Well, I think there's a good argument for someone above him to be in a uh, football person. Um, you know, we've had rugby union, we've had AFL, now we've got NRL. I reckon netball's next. <laughs> Get you a know, woman in. That's what the Bulldogs did. That's just sexist. Why is there a woman in netball, Tatiana? No, I'm just saying getting get a woman in in general. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and then we would have um, shit fight over as Moya Dodd or Benita Marseillades, <laughs> just opening a whole new can of worms. But I, I think you know, a, a football person, whether it is male or female, really has to be the next step. Uh, and you know, we've had ten years of the A League now, so we've had these this generation of football administrators come through. Where previously we may have had to draw on uh, NSL football administrators, where the administration was the underlying problem. Uh, not the football, but the, the administration was a problem. And we needed to get away from that in terms of running the game. Ten years later, I think we've had ten years of good administrators. Tony Pignata, I think, is a, an excellent candidate. I think John Satsimis would be an excellent candidate. Uh, Lyle Gorman, to an extent, there's a very strong argument that uh, he could play a good role as CEO. So I think, you know, there is essentially A-League born and bred people there that could slip into that CEO role next. Um, I think still what the Lowy uh, mafia has been falling back on is the fact that we've had these people with excellent TV negotiating like mm. skills, mm. which is you know a huge, huge part of what's going to take the FFA forward. Uh, 
and we've been falling back on, well, okay, he might not know football, but he knows how to get a good deal. Uh, I think now we probably have got football people that could probably do that as well. Mm. Devil's advocate, do we, do, do, we need a, do we actually need a football person at that top role? It is still a business at the end of the day. You know, maybe at the top of, uh, of the A-League, uh, as, as a, but at the top of FFA. But at the top of A-League, and that's what I asked last week on the show, is how much pull do they even have? I mean, how much pull does Damien DeBone have when you've got FFA calling all the shots anyway? So what does that matter? And in terms of a business person, you said earlier that they reserve the right to run the league as a business, and that's right. But what's the first rule, rule of business is the customer's always right. Well, that's what they say. Yeah. yeah. And so if we're the only paying customer, well, we're the ones paying to be there yeah. and we're the ones that are unhappy and you can't technically sell for business if they're trying to get a TV deal. You can't sell for business when the people come in and there's no one in your business. There's something that's, for me, that's what I see as fundamentally wrong with all of this. Uh, but, but the TV rights is as big of a, well, maybe not in the A-League, but as big of a, as a customer as uh, bums on seats in a stadium. No, it is, and I understand that's where the money comes from as well, because if we get the big TV deal, then that's what the money that brings into the league. But if, but if there is, because the customer might not always be right, and it might not always be a business model, because Kevin was shaking his head like crazy that's over here. Um, he, he thought he had some bindaloo still in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but we've seen it in the NSL, and, and I don't know how long you guys have been here, but the NSL... Nobody was watching it. Not even bums on seats, not even on the TV. So the customer is right because they're not going to buy people. Fox isn't going to, or whoever isn't going to spend the money on the rights if there's nobody watching it on their network because they'd rather run Jane the Virgin reruns. Well, I think, you know, <laughs> I think the, the problem you get, though, is if you give up on uh, crowds, you end up with the NRL. <laughs> Funny you say that. Someone referenced the um, Sydney FC game looking similar to a Roosters game on the Friday night, and it, it was absolutely spot on. You, yeah. know, the, the, you go to an NRL match, and you know it's, it, I've been to more fun funerals, to be honest. That's saying something. We're looking at you, Sydney. <laughs> but I am Scottish, so you know we, we have good funerals. <laughs> <laughs> no arguments there. Fair enough. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, when you come back to the fans as well, like you say, the customer's always right, but you run a business to, you know, obviously you've got people that are funding you or whatever, but still your customer is your main priority. Yeah, and I think the, the FFA, the problem is that the FFA still think that the wider media and the TV, Fox Sports, are actually their customers, mm. far more than the fans are. And, the and fans are just decoration. Because, and it's because that Fox have a, a, a speed dial into uh, David Gallup's phone. Does the 100,000 fans that turn up each week to watch A-League games, no, they don't, do they? No, they don't. But if they withdraw that 100,000, then suddenly they remember how important they are. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's sort of a paradigm shift because when the A-League started and the structure was put in place, you may have had to have forced those sort of business decisions because the, the right steal at the start was very important and that obviously spearheaded the game into where we are. But we are at a, at a point where the game does have to evolve and change, where they don't have to just take the business side of things and we have to move it to a point where it is this functional sort of football association that we're looking for. So, I mean, they're still running under the same structure effectively that we had at the start, the whole catering to the TV market and catering to the big benefactors. But it no longer needs that, and that needs to change at their end as well as, as it has ours. Talking of TV deals, we're obviously in a very interesting uh, period over the next year. 
more, uh, it's going to leave the A League and the FA in a very uh, in a predicament as to Fox losing the Premier League rights. So uh, if they don't get any games, is that people turning off and and maybe the casual A League fan not tu- not tuning in because they don't well not, not having Fox, so then they don't watch uh, the A League games. Well, you're certainly going to run that risk, um, but it's. They already done. Do they even have La Liga? Do they even have Serie A? They don't no. have anything. Uh, Today I had to tune into tune into Sports, Sports all, and I, I tune into that online. Same. I, I don't. I don't have a, a Foxtel subscription. Yeah. Yeah. So they're gone, and it, it, the whole thing, the whole industry of media, radio, print, everything, it's all going digital. And if you don't keep up with the times, I'm sure there's a niche market for it. But if you don't keep, you're never going to get those mystery fans that they're after. Those, you know, those family environments. You know, you're always going to get the same. Hooligan idiots like us. <laughs> you speak for, speak for yourself. You, you've just incriminated yourself and you will receive a band notice. <laughs> Can I appeal? Well, we'll find that after tonight. Yeah. <laughs> just out of curiosity, I mean, how tribal are you guys? Do you watch any of the other A-League games apart from Wanderers? All of them. I do. Yeah. It's same. Yeah. If I can, all of them. I don't. I don't, actually. Um, okay. One. EPL. Well, no. so you, you watch your, your club, we, but you probably won't watch the rest, correct? Actually, I, you guys know, if it's Sunday and I'm at, uh, Saturday I'm at home, I watch the first pre-A-League show. I watch the first game, the second game. I watch that stupid classics match that they play in the EPL, and I stay up and I literally just watch anyone play. Yeah, but you don't have yeah. a girlfriend, Nick, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is true. However, <laughs> that shows how much I love my football. Well, you know, we, we, we're married to football. That's right. We've talked about this before on our show that, you know, with all of us, and we, we talked about it because we all actually subscribed to Ben Sport actually recently, I'm pretty sure. I don't know, my has it on his TV and I still his subscription. But, yeah. like, you know, like Tatiana and I made jokes about it. So did Brennan. We'll come home, we'll put on, it'll be like a, like a Marseille reserves game versus some other team and we'll watch it we'll sit there and just watch the whole game if we've got nothing else so like we're tribal as football fans because look if it's on we'll, we'll find interest in it we'll watch it I think you know I do lower myself to watch the Indian superannuation league on occasion but I mean apart from that I mean it doesn't have to be A-League doesn't have to be EPL it's just football we're interested anything. in there was a, there was, I was flicking through channels that had a special 50 minute special on Christian Vieri on his career and I watched that and I was like that's to me that was interesting then I had a Messi versus Ronaldo. So there's always something going on. Doesn't have to be live football specifically. It's football related. It's football related. (laughs) (laughs) Do a bit more swipe right, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm of course joking, and and, and I I, I do the exact same. Uh, The the amount of times. (laughs) (laughs) You multitask. I think I think it's one all in this podcast. Can I, can I just say though, like Kevin asked, do you watch your, your, your English Premier League team or Barclays or whatever it is, whatever company they have attached to it. Um, but see, I'm a different breed of footballer or football fan because I find that most people in Australia have their English team, they have their Spanish team, they have, well, so who do you follow in, in, in the CR? No one. Oh, what do you mean? I don't follow anyone. Who do you follow in the Premier League? No one. I don't follow anyone. I only follow where Uruguayan players are because I'm first and foremost a Uruguay fan, secondly a uh, Club Atletico Progreso, which is second division team in Uruguay, and thirdly a Western Sydney Wanderers fan. Deported. Yeah, deported. That's cool, taken off you. Unlike you two, I'm probably a citizen. Yeah, go back to where you came from. Anyway, but that's... 
That's a, I'm a different type, and I watch games just because they're games. So, but if the Premier League's not on, I'll just I'll watch whatever game I want to watch, how See, I need to. I'm Scottish, and I watch all the Scottish games, all the Scottish players around the world. So, I only watch the EPL. <laughs> <laughs> and fewer EPL games as, as, as it goes on. <laughs> I'm Portsmouth, so uh, I never see my team play. <laughs> if you get the good FA Cup tie, you'll yeah, watch it. Yeah, if I'm lucky, they'll be on ESPN for half an hour. Right, interesting. Okay, so uh, Kev, you, you went out to the press conference. We'll kind of bring it back to uh, back to Boycott. Um, Jeffrey Boycott. Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's, let's keep talking on Jeffrey. Well, I... Um, yeah, you, you went to the press conference and, and had a chat with uh, with Gallop over a crowded room. Your eyes met, <laughs> and, uh, and and yeah, you, you kind of put him on the spot, and uh, and he stuttered like I am doing now. <laughs> yeah, it's probably worth pointing out I've not been invited back since. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we we it was strange. I mean, the the first press conference we went to. The, the media naturally arrives, you know, about five, ten minutes early, and we all had a, a chat amongst ourselves, sort of laying down the expectations of what we thought he was going to come out and say, what he needed to come out and say. Uh, and then he came out, said what he did say, and we all kind of stood up at the end of it, looked at each other and went, what just happened? Um, it's, uh, it's quite astonishing that he managed to miss the mark so badly. Mm. Um, mm in that first press conference. I don't think anybody expects them to come out and just hammer this hard line, this mainstream media line, that fans are bad, it's an unsafe environment, we're trying to make it safe, we're trying to protect you uh, by taking this action. And that was it was just a ludicrously bad line. He came around towards the end and said more of what we needed to say, but by that time it was too late. He'd set, he'd set the tone, he'd sent the message, and... It was, it, you know, before he'd finished talking on Twitter, the boycott had already been arranged. Yeah. Uh, two days later, unprecedented, they called another uh, press conference. Mm-hmm. Nothing had changed from their end. Uh, ostensibly, uh, they called out uh, Stephen Lloyd to support Gallup this time. And was still no further forward. You know, they, they made the apologies. They said the things they should have said on the Tuesday. But by that time, it was too late. The momentum had begun and the bad feeling had set in. Uh, which, again, brings us back to the situation we're in now, where I'm not sure what they can say to heal the situation. But just on what he, the first, the press conference on the Tuesday, and we all thought it couldn't, couldn't have gone worse, and then we had Stephen Lowy come out on Thursday to say he completely agreed with everything he had to say and couldn't understand why we all took it the way we did. Firstly, when Stephen Lowy came out, personally, it's, it looked like a year 11 kid trying to give an English speech, just like read, read, look up, read, read, look up. Was, I was switched off straight away. I had to re-listen to it for this. But um, so, so it, <laughs> really, so honestly, I was, it, I was off. But the fact that even he came out in support, yes, I know they apologised. We should have come out sooner. I get that. But they still didn't get what was so wrong with everything he had to say on Tuesday. And to me, it's like... You keep missing this, and that's why I really want tonight to work, but I don't have high hopes. Like, I really don't have high hopes. I think that that was one of the biggest problems we've had throughout this, even when they came out and were more conciliatory in the tone on Thursday. There was still this patronising attitude that 
Look, we said all the right things. Why are you getting so upset? No, they said that we misunderstood, Kevin. Oh, sorry. We yes, misunderstood. Yes, it, it, <laughs> that's what I don't understand. Why the media, problem, again. Yeah, the media has come out, and with the exception of a few, and 442 being one of them, but even then, the, the, the tone has, has, has gone down a little bit, and you just said it, that um, he said all the right things, but it was too late, even though he was a bumbling year 11 student. Um, I don't think he did say the right things. I don't think he did. He corrected us. He said that we were wrong. That you know nobody's listening, and it, it was it was. I thought it was really negative. I honestly don't understand how the reaction changed um, when when that press conference finished. The rest of the media went hush hush and stopped having that same conversation. They had a different conversation. I, th I think to be fair, the, the media's attitude did change, but it seemed to change on the Sunday. Uh, to I be agree. honest. I think after the, the, all the matches had been played, then a few of those who had been in support of the boycott did seem to change their mind. Um, I, I didn't see anything to change my mind, but uh, I, others apparently did. Uh, I don't think it was... I mean, when I say Lowy came out and said all the right things, I think he's, he approached the problem in more of a way than he should have than they did on the Tuesday. I'll come say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, I agree. He also then told us we were all wrong, and there was still this patronising attitude, uh, which was you know misplaced. Apart from anything. No, else. I was just going to say Tuesday was already too late for me, and then Thursday was even later for me. <laughs> I mean, really. But um, and the thing that I picked up on on the Thursday again is that just like with the first first sort of response they had to the article. All I see is them trying to save their own ass, if I can say that. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and, and they did the same, and, he, and Stephen did the same thing on Thursday because he kept saying, you know, I think it's all been lost and, and, and crowd safety has been lost and that's the main point. I'm like, that's not the main point. No one, absolutely, absolutely nobody has come out to say, hey, why don't you let these thugs that start fights come back to the games? No one has said that. It's never been about crowd safety. I, as a person who goes to games, want to, I, I always do feel safe at games and I want to continue to feel safe at games. Um, and again, it was just like, well, and there was a quote, something like, if we come out in support of our fans, we'll look like, uh, defending the culture will look like we're defending these, bad sort mm. of eggs, and yeah. you're like, no, still not getting it. There's There's just it's just a disconnect. There is such, such a, disconnect a disconnect between what the fans are actually saying and what they think fans are saying. They're not listening. They haven't listened for no. years. To them, it's like, oh, all the 198 should be unbanned. That's not what we're saying. They're not what we're saying at all. If you've done something wrong, if you've been caught with the flare or whatever, you're done and dusted. No, we, we, no one's going to defend you. Mm. But for these other ones who have been, you know, banned by association or seen, you know, in the vicinity of something without any actual evidence, they're the people who should be able to appeal. They're the people who should be able to say, look, I've been wrong, done by. I want to see what evidence you've banned me on. Oh, we can't show you because of confidentiality. Well, how can you ban someone if you can't even prove you know, I've done something wrong. That's the thing. It's the people. There could be 25% worth that maybe deserve to be banned. Mm. Fair enough. They're banned. No one's going to help them. So and, and, five and years. It was, sorry. And it, yeah. and it was universal across all the active supporters on all their comments. They all said, you know, we're not sticking up for um, the, the people that have, that, that have, that have done, done wrong, but we just want a fair trial. Brendan, you're about to say. Just um, on the, the change in the media attitude that Ivan <clears throat> alluded to, basically... I, I had a similar change, I suppose, in a way, 
after the Thursday presser, it was refreshing to hear Gallup finally say, yeah, we got that wrong when someone asked him. Mm. Because up until that point, it was very much like, we're right and you're wrong. So it was very refreshing to hear him at least admit to something that we all knew was there. After that, I was like, all right, so now the boycott goes ahead, which it did. Sunday, as you said, the media changed. And I went, well, the boycott's happened. Now what? We wait till Wednesday. And now we're doing this podcast on Wednesday night. And <laughs> Literally as of deciding what's going to happen. As you said, potentially it's all redundant. But effectively, the my, my attitude changed from I want their heads to they're going to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a sexual joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wasn't I just sure had a little scoff out of, the, out of my right <laughs> ear. Um, no, I might... You just had Tatiana looking embarrassed because she said arse a second ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brendan weeds in with a head joke. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I'm quite lowbrow like that. Um, <laughs> no, but it, on Sunday it was like, right, we've got three days of limbo here. Mm. We just have nothing to nothing to complain about. All the articles that came out Monday, Tuesday, I was like, there's no point writing these. Um, Squire said it best in his cartoon the other day when he had the final caption of, oh, that, that um, stand over there is really empty. And it's like, yeah, that's all the people that, um, that didn't write an article about this whole thing. <laughs> Brilliant. Because everyone did, like yeah. you guys did. We, I mean, we did podcasts about it. You know, everyone yeah. was talking about it. Well, everyone we're sat here doing this as well. Exactly, yeah. right? Um but on the Monday and Tuesday, articles are coming out, and I'm like, everything that has that has needed to be said has been said. There's no point at this stage me reading any more into it because yeah. you're just going to repeat all the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, then. It just um, felt like limbo. This kind of brings us nicely onto onto my next question: crystal ball time. Uh, so we'll we'll have two opposite sides of uh, of, of what we think the FFA are going to come out and say tonight. Um, so I'll, I, can I have one person that's ready to? Uh, uh, to put a, to forward what they'll what the FFA will say if they dig their heels in, and the other which will uh, they will um, uh, side with the fans and and try and and try and go that way. I can go on that second one. I reckon. Yeah, go. I I think if they do listen to the fans, the fans will have a list of demands that you know in any negotiation they will go 150 percent and expect to meet somewhere around 75 to 100 percent of what they actually want mm -hmm. so if the fans say to them right tomorrow you need to implement this process and it needs to start now there'll be some sort of negotiation mm -hmm. of right we know that you want this but it's it's not that simple and there's, there's got to be some leeway with the fans as well as in the fans the fan representatives must understand that it isn't that simple to just mm -hmm. go right tomorrow we do this and, and everything's peachy right um, my hope is that the FFA do listen and, you know, I could, I could very easily make the argument that they won't. <laughs> you yeah. know, I could have been on the other side of this as well. But, <laughs> but my, my, if, if we're debating, then, um, yeah, I, I would like to think that having Gallup admit to wrongdoings or, or at least having done things the wrong way or not quickly enough, I would hope that at least... There's that mentality of, right, we need to take this further. We've got everyone from around the country yeah. in front of us. Let's listen to each other and let's be level-headed about this. I think possibly at best the FFA, if, if they don't actually enter into meaningful dialogue, 
I don't expect them to really come down hard line in this meeting and say, no, we're not doing anything, nothing will change. Um, I think what's more likely is they will insist that all phones are removed from the room, any recording devices and videotapes are removed from the room, uh, and then they will give uh, a series... Except for theirs, in the probably, corner. Yeah. Probably. Peter Shepard's got the long lens in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they will give a, a series of pretty meaningless promises and empty promises uh, in, in the worst-case scenario, in the worst-case scenario. I can see them doing similar, but in effect, where they meet them halfway, they would sort of say, look, we will review and implement and we will put a representative. They, they will say these things, but the way they actually do them will be different. So the review will inevitably come out and say, we actually find nothing wrong and no reason to implement such processes. And the the representative of the, fan, of the fans on this board that meets with the committee or however they structure it will be an FFA-appointed representative. So they still have full control and they can hear what they want to hear. But the thing is, though, if they say, no, whatever you want, it's not going to happen, they're going to have empty stadiums. We've got a big game this weekend. If the FFA I, I go think, hard on it, they're yeah, going to have another empty round as of I say, I don't actually think they will go hard on it, though. Yeah. I think they will appear to make compromises. Um, but how much you're going to be able to take away from that realistically is going to be it's going to come out in the wash eventually. And they're, um, they're, in, they're in the position where they have to make compromises, as you say. I mean, like, they're the, they're the tail end of the batting order. So they can't, they can't just soak it up and hit the sixes. They've, got to, they've, they've really just got to stay in as long as they can. We're doing quite so, a lot of these yeah, I was going to yeah. say, well, I, only ju- I just wanted to put that in, honestly. But. <laughs> yeah. the, the fans that have gone to this meeting, they're not stupid. They, they are the people they're the sensible ones that have gone to this meeting that's why we're all here um, but, <laughs> yeah that's right that's right um, I think that if there are no outcomes from this meeting no solid outcomes it doesn't if, if they say we're going to commit to this over a period of time that's an outcome but if there is no commitment if there's no solid outcome there will be no bums in seats this weekend I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm really negative and skeptical about it all. I unfortunately think that FFA is going to go a line of divide and conquer. So they're going to go in, um, make these kind of promises, whatever, which will be airy-fairy and there'll be no memorandum of understanding so they won't be held accountable to anything. And then um, then when we boycott again, they'll be like, oh, well, look how unreasonable these fans are. You know, we came to the table and they don't want to engage in dialogue, etc., etc." So I... I Unfortunately, I'm sceptical. I, I hope that I'm proven wrong, but I, I, I have no faith. If that's what they bring to the table tonight, empty promises or maybe just promises or just words, then they are dumber than I thought they were because that is exactly what they brought, what they said they brought to the press conference on Thursday. We're reviewing this and we'll deal with it next board meeting. And we said, no, words are just words, and we boycotted. And if they haven't realised that just... I'm not saying that'd be empty promises. Maybe they can just put words out there. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll, it won't. But what we've learnt now and what you think that they've learnt now is fans, that's not enough for fans anymore. I think that is actually the most important thing that can come out of this conversation is the most likely thing is that at the end of it, the FFA will realise what the conversation is they're actually having with the fans. Uh, because at the moment, they think they're dealing with hardline extremists, who are fighting for the rights of everyone to be hooligans on the terraces. Uh, The reality is that it's everybody, the most moderate, least radical fans in the Yellow Army um, and above, 
uh, trying to fight for the rights of all fans to be able to go to football matches without ending up in the front page of the, the national newspaper being accused of things they didn't necessarily do uh, and having a right of reply and an ability to clear the name. Okay then. So, in a game of chicken between the fans and the FFA, how long will this boycott run for? Who's, who's, who's going to twitch first? Until the FFA give up. The fans won't. The fans will never give up. We so, went without football. For example, us. We went without football in Western Sydney for how long? Until um, the Wanderers came in. Exactly. I, boy, I boycotted the A-League until there was a Western uh, Sydney Wanderers team. Oh, not Western Sydney Wanderers, but until a Western Sydney team came. Or, or a Uruguayan, whichever came first. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Brosk played um, straight away. He jumped ship from Marconi to... Well, were they Brisbane Strikers or something? And I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but going back to the point, um, the the, um, the 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 boycott will stand as long as it needs to by on behalf of the active supporter groups that are committed to it. But I go back to my previous point of divide and conquer. So they will divide not the active supporters such and the hardcore active supporters. But they will get that general fan, the one that just comes, they have a seeing, they're not involved in any decision making, they don't, you know, they don't do any extracurricular activities as part of the RBB. They rock up and they have their fun and they go home. Um, and the side stands, the grandstand fans, they're going to turn. They're going to turn. And they will turn quickly. And the FFA knows that and I think we're being played. And some of them already have. Some of them already don't agree with the boycotts. But from, if I was going to give just my perspective, my point of view, I've had a relationship for football well before the A-League, well before the Wonder is, and it'll continue if without them, if it has to. I, I just think, you know, even if it does come to the situation where there is a schism between active support and the, you know, the grandstand fans, um, I think football's going to be worse off for it at the end of the day. Mm. Uh, you know, you're going to miss that colour. And those grandstand fans are going to quickly tire of being the cheerleaders because they're not instinctively. That's, and that's the point. On that's, the same note as well, it. these grandstand fans, I mean, we've seen all over our social media pages and Twitter all week, and what they've been saying is, oh, you know, the boycott, why are you boycotting? Um, you know, you guys think you're more important than the team in the game, but come back to the game because you need to chant for this team. Mm, so obviously yeah. they do see us in some sort of high regard, and they and because they won't do that. We saw on the weekend that, I mean, people are saying that the guys who started chanting, the guys who, who started the Who Do You Sing Fours and the Poznans, oh, that ruined the point of the boycott. I actually think it strengthened it, in, in our view at least, because what it showed is that they can't bring the same sort of colour the active fans can. So they can try all they want, they can try and make that happen, but it won't, because they're just not that kind of fan. But also then, by them doing it, doing a Who You Sing For, chanting RBB, doing the Poznan, they're carrying over characteristics that originated from within the RBB in a sense, because, you know, season one, round one, only those people behind the goals did the positive. And come semi-final against Brisbane, everyone's doing it. Now it's a, now it's a weekly thing. So it's spawned off on them, and they can see that, you know, without the active there, they can see that it's not an easy feat for them to try and make the noise because, not, like people say, the players as well, you know, the noise behind the goal spurs us on, gives us that extra belief, you know, our 12th men and whatnot. And like Turner said, like, the side stands can't do it for a whole 90 minutes. And then essentially they go, well, these guys aren't coming back. Why am I going to go there? They stop going. My, my point that I've made on the podcast and online and everything is that if the A-League crumbled tomorrow, we'd still go down and play football at the park. We'll still enjoy football, but mm-hmm. Gallup, the Bowen, they'll be out of jobs and they'll be known for the people that ruined the A-League. So what, the, the attendance on 
Saturday. Saturday was Wanderers game, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Just short of 10,000. Mm. Yeah. With the, uh, before that, the average was around 14. 14 and a half. Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, four and a half, five thousand people there that haven't, haven't turned up. That's still nearly 10,000 people turning up to a game. Is, is that going to bankrupt the FFA? Probably that's, not. No, that's not the point. You're, you're missing the point completely if you think that's what the point is. Well, no, no, no. But the, the, the point is that would we'll, we'll, um, we'll Gallup and, uh, and De Bowen lose their job because of the RBB not turning up? The atmosphere would suffer. The football would, would potentially suffer. But would, would money talk enough to... How long is that sustainable? The, that's, the fans could say it's, it's not sustainable to keep... Uh, people won't keep coming back yeah, well, if, if that atmosphere doesn't and, work. Just, and also, I mean, the FFA, the marketing dollar is what talks to them. They're chasing a new TV deal. What's their biggest marketing pool at the moment? What have they been using? They've been using this active fan and colour. That's what they've been using. We take that away and you will see that their marketing pool and their ability to negotiate this TV deal is a vibrant, different sport. There's a reason why you should air it. That's gone. We've taken away one of the key sort of uh, factors in, in their negotiations here. You stole my point. <laughs> but yeah, you're missing. I, I think I, I likened it to like, you know, you know, the Big Mac sauce to the Big Mac. You know, it's not a Big Mac without the Big Mac sauce. Like your active ingredient isn't there. It's not going to go with, you know, they use, they like, like in McDonald's. <laughs> well, it's, the, it's one thing that I remember. So yeah. The, the active fan, particularly the Wanderers games, is the reason that you hear stories of people going, oh, I've been rugby league for 50 years and now I'll get a Wanderers game. Yeah. That's the only reason that those people come to Wanderers games. You take that away, they're going to leave. They're going to go, I don't really like football that much. <laughs> do, you, do you really want to see... Do I you, really like soccer that much. Do you really want to see bee snakes in the grandstands? You know, I think at the end of the... Yeah, I don't know. What's yeah, a bee snake? The cup, you know, the you cricket when they match on. Cricket, have you? No. <laughs> when a test, when that's when a all te- there is to do at cricket. When a test match is that snakes. bored. Yeah. Okay. Drink all the bees Sounds like I need to go to a cricket match. Is this a football or a cricket pub? Yeah. <laughs> Could be both. Well, we're, we're in an Indian restaurant. There is cricket right bats everywhere. signature is literally on the walls. I think the, the other thing to remember about the A-League is that it is the A-League as well. And, you know, there are times, especially with Sydney FC this season, where it's been uh, Simpsons holds it. Holds it, holds it, <laughs> midfield, holds it, passes, holds it. That's the center. So Ahora tiene la pelota, viene, voy buscando el contado ahora sí, tremendo momento pase. Tico, 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 tico. No gol. You take away the atmosphere, you take away the colour and passion in the stands. And you've got to have a very good product on the pitch yeah. to make up for it. And you don't. <laughs> very often we don't. Sometimes we do, but very often we don't. Okay then. So, appeals process. Who wants to tackle the best way to take this forward now? Well, put yourselves in the FFA shoes. It, the fans are demanding a fair appeals process. What's the next steps? We've discussed it in our little groups and chats during the week. And I think the problem is Stephen has come up with most of the ideas and he's not here. <laughs> but he was sort of, he was touting this sort of process where you have a certain amount of time to, to, to make an appeal um, after the ban's been issued. You, you, are pr- you are innocent until you're proven guilty in this instance. So you're not immediately 
So you can keep coming to games. You keep coming to games in the meantime, and you go there, and it's an it's it's a, you know you'd have like an independent group that, that administers it. So there's no bias either way. Mm-hmm. You'd go through the evidence, ascertain it as you would in a normal court situation, and if it's proven that that it's not you, then obviously that's ban rescinded. I mean, there's n- numerous cases that we've even heard anecdotally of of bans that are so incredibly ludicrous that they should they shouldn't even be considered. And I think we we touched on a few points as a group of. Uh, I mean, there shouldn't be too many incentives for everyone to just rush and appeal every single ban. There'd be a process where it might be $500 or $250 to, to put an appeal process through. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, once again, logistically quite hard to, to administer every single banning notice that might go in, however many that may be or how, however little they may be. And plus, the FFA would want to put a bit of coin in their pocket anyway. So, Interestingly, when I was speak, speaking to the FFA about this, the, the possibilities of appeals process, one of the big fears they had was that um, somebody in the terraces would get hateful mates to sign stack, stack decks saying he did nothing wrong. And there would be no substance to the stack decks whatsoever. Well, um, where's the evidence then, Kevin? Where's yeah, Where's the evidence? If where's there's the evidence? the evidence there, you can shove your stack deck up your you-know-what. Exactly. And, uh, and then on top of that, get done for doing a false stack deck. Yeah. So where's the evidence? Not so we that. come back to the fact that we've covered many times, which is where are they getting this evidence for? And from? And is it being illegally obtained? But even then, if they do show what evidence they have, if they do show what evidence they have, then it's the case of, well, there's the evidence we have, therefore you're still banned. So appeal all you want. If you are guilty, you're found to be guilty, and, and, and that's that. And what's the worst... What's the sort of lesser of two evils here? I mean, if we take this situation... And I'm going to bring Brendan into this, because I know you've got close mates who, who have had some of these absolutely ludicrous bans. So a situation where someone... It's a half-half. Was he there? That guy looks like he's got the same hair, but then again, he's got an alibi over there. But, I mean, is it worth just banning that person? Obviously, if there's no prior, the guy's been in like 50 different video shots, then maybe they've got a point. But in a case where it's a one-off, is it him? We're not sure. In court, that wouldn't go through. Is that as bad as, Brennan, this is where I'm pulling you in, a situation that one of your friends has? One one situation that I know of, um, which I have mentioned on the podcast before, the guy was found guilty and legitimately, so he got a legitimate ban. The problem was he got banned for, I think it was five years, for throwing a flare, right? The flare had been lit by somebody else, but thrown next to him and it was burning his leg, so he picked it up and threw it. It's a dumb thing to do. No one's arguing that, right? So he got a ban. He went to court and it got thrown out of court. No charge, nothing. No, not even a slap on the wrist, from what I understand. But they had CCTV, CCTV footage, in, in fact... In fact, Fox Sports footage <laughs> of at least the flare coming in from the stands. Anyway, he went to the next game thinking his ban was rescinded, and it wasn't. So he ended up getting pulled up at the gate, sent to court again, thrown out of court again, but having another two years put on his ban. That's one situation. Another one that I was close to, I didn't see it happen, but I have friends who have written statements and whatever that have helped this guy get off. Um, he didn't get off. Huh? Not the ban, not the ban, but from the police. Um, after the pepper spray incident in, during the Perth game last year, two policemen were walking on two different rows. The one on the higher row pushed a fan off his seat. He landed on another police officer. It's far from taking the higher row to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he landed on, on another police officer who thought that he was being assaulted. So he yanked his arm behind his back, marched him out. Guy got a a ban, I think 12 months or, or something. There's CCTV footage of the cop 
pushing him off. The, the cop who was accused of the pushing didn't even show up to court to give his evidence, and the thing got thrown out. But this guy, who legitimately did nothing wrong... So the first guy, he did something wrong and was dumb. second guy legitimately did nothing wrong, not the kind of guy that would ever be involved in any kind of antisocial behaviour, in quotation marks, um, still can't go to game. I think you've just got a, a series of issues that that raises, though. One, the confrontational policing that goes on at football. And that another can of worms. You, you, <laughs> you go to King's Cross uh, in the old days where there was people getting assaulted, even dying, all the rest of it. Regularly many, many arrests, but still considerably less police there than you ever get at any football match. Even Central Coast Mariners have more police there than you do at King's Cross. Uh, so you've got confrontational police force, uh, which is also deliberately escalating situations. Uh, there needs to be better training. There needs to be much better uh, crowd education uh, of the, the cops who are going to be doing police A football matches. You've got situations which escalate as well. Uh, you make with the, the flare situation, that all boils down to the fact that there was a flare in the crowd. Yeah. If, if there hadn't been a flare in the crowd, none of that would have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that is a thing where there needs to be much more peer pressure from fans. Uh, yeah, so a question about that. Um, you guys are RBB. Someone lights a flare in the RBB. What happens to that? I'll be, on, I'll be honest, the first rule about flares, you don't talk about flares. <laughs> we hate we, flares. We, we hate flares. flares. No, I'll be honest, um, I've been in, in the same road that a flare's gone off, and it was very close to, to myself. And um, I've stood there, and it's gone off, and you, you haven't noticed anyone running around, you haven't noticed anyone out of the ordinary coming into the bays. You honestly don't know who does it. And we're not saying this because we know who they are and we're backing them up and we'll receive interrogation tomorrow. But um, we're saying this because we actually don't know who does it. I mean, not the guy that stood there with a flare in his hand. <laughs> no, well, you don't. You, yeah. you don't. No, 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 but this you very rarely see they that. You don't, do don't see that. that. You don't do that. So it gets lit and, and no, it gets it's through. Yeah. It drops and then drops. whoever does oh, it. Oh, drops. Effectively, yeah. the oh, okay. first time we see the flag off is it's on the ground and it's, and it's, and it's lit. It's you, guys seem, you guys realise that you seem to know a lot about lighting flares, right? <laughs> <laughs> I actually... Oh, well, I, on the floor and you hear the yeah. pop of the flare. That's how it goes down. It goes, you hear pop. You hear it, and then you look down, and it's already on the floor. We all, any we all do later, voting That's together. when you see the smoke, or you know, the flare actually starts. So by the time you actually notice it, they may have already gone all over the place. They may have already run out the stadium for you know. And but and you're and too busy being involved, like like me. Like I'm, I'm half the time I'm looking at my drum, or you know, some people are clapping, or looking at the person next to them, or whatever. You don't see it. You yeah. literally do not see it. So by the time that's lit and you notice it. They might have left the stadium, or they've gone to another part of the stadium. You don't. That, know. That's yeah. us. Some people okay. obviously know. Yeah. who it is. And it's a case yeah. that if you're caught, you're caught. No one's going to back you up. That's mm. effectively that's the, bottom the line. That's effectively the line that, that most of us take. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and drag him. No, nah, don't take him. He's one of us. As individuals, mind you, we none of us represent the RBB in any no. official no. capacity. And our knowledge on flares comes from our extensive boating history. Uh, we always go out on the boat together. <laughs>
I'll just um yeah. I actually do go boating. I'm going to point that out. That wasn't bull. <laughs> I boat a lot. He's missed podcasts. He's missed podcasts because he's gone out cruising on boats. Yeah, in the central case. He's just getting himself into bothers all the time on the boat. That's why he's got so many bloody. Yeah, trails. a lot of maritime emergencies. Fun your your street cred has been dropped quicker than a flag. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it, though. I mean, over the years, you 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 accustom yourself to sort of know how it works, although you don't know who it is. You just you hear the sound. You get that scent in the air, and before you know it, it's you know smoke's all around you. What do you scent? <laughs> don't get me wrong, it's I love nice. it. But if you get caught, if you get done, that's your ass, mate. If I'm honest, I like it as but well, but I don't like. It's illegal. It is. And I absolutely agree it with is. anyone who says it should be out of the game because until they all of a sudden go, hey, play's illegal, <laughs> like which isn't going to happen. No, imagine. It's just you know when the cost is your fellow fans getting banned unnecessarily though. Yeah, no. that, that's a hell of a price to be paying for the sake of for the and, and it mean, technics. Yeah. And it means you can't go and actually watch football this weekend because and this boycott has kind of come from the flares that NRL, AFL, whoever, whatever media representative wants to point fingers at. But they're also used in NRL and AFL. Can I can I say that's yeah that we have seen a couple in NRL and AFL. Um, I have to say, I did a, I've done Google, uh, I've done uh, Getty searches on flares in AFL, and I found one smoker in 2002, and that's it. No, there was yeah, one. Yeah, South, South Sydney. I think South there actually has that's, been more. That's, but that's, AFL. But that's, AFL. that's more probably Getty um, probably just taking out some of the ones. Oh, it doesn't go with the AFL toe. We'll just take that out of the system. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expand the conspiracy beyond. We're happy with the conspiracy as it is. By you saying that, um, Adam, you were saying that, you know, and, and Kevin as well, with the flares, get rid of them and your mate doesn't get banned or whatever. Am I meant to be held accountable for the guys doing heroin down the street? You know, from my house? Am I meant to be held accountable for that? Because if, if it stops you from going down that street, then you should probably take action for it about it. But, I mean, in this situation... Well, I can't take action because I don't know who it is to begin with. And it's just an individual doing their thing. If they get caught, I don't condone it. None of us condone it. Mm. Um, Do you so, go down that street, though? Yeah, I grew up in Cabramatta, Kevin. I went down the street my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> that one particular it's, it's street. Part, it's part yeah. of the suburb, and you just deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who are you hey. there? Come on, man. Like, like that's that argument. Uh, no, like, I, I see your point. It's, it's, it's not valid. But, it's not but, valid. You're making me no, held accountable no, 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 for no. every speeding but driver. But as a society, as a society, we have tried to stamp out and succeeded in getting rid of the heroin problem, Cabramata. It's no longer the problem it was because society addressed it, and that's what needs to happen with the flares as well. If, if the flares are going to be an easy target for you to continually be beaten down by the NRL press, by the EFL press, and by the FFA, and by the police. That's the fact of life. That's not going to change. Flares, flares being one thing, I've, I've known people to be banned for moshing or over-celebrating and things like that, celebrating a goal, you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's not one thing, they'll find something else to pick but, on. But that, but, but that goes the, down to not the understanding. and stuff like that, that's stuff that you can't address. That's... that's Attitude problems from the police and from the FFA, possibly. I was going to say, but the flares thing is is, is actually genuinely illegal. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying the moshing and stuff could be down to like football culture because you see people jumping in. One, they think shit, they're going to start a tidal wave and jump the fence or whatever the case may be, which isn't the case. You know what I mean? Things like that. Some things they don't understand in terms of football culture. But yes, I agree. You get rid of one thing, 
then that's like a whole heap of problems that are going to go away. Yeah. But what, com- what comes of it? How do we make, make that stand? We, I mean, if, if we come out and say, yep, guys, you know, we don't want flares, that's not going to stop them. Oh, it won't stop mate, them at all. You're talking to Pauls here. Yeah. Now, in the 80s, we had the worst problems with hooliganism. Scotland started it. We had terrible, terrible, really nasty hooligans. Uh, we couldn't go across. We got banned from Europe and stuff yeah. like that. Long before the English got into it. Uh, and then one day the English started doing it and we thought oh bugger that we don't want to be like the English <laughs> and we literally stopped almost from that day we just let the English get on with it so if the New Zealanders start doing it we <laughs> yeah. would stop pretty much <laughs> pretty much yeah I mean it, it's something that you can address as a group it, it, if, if football fans as a group were to systematically say no we're not taking this anymore because it's it's actually ruining our enjoyment of the sport more than it's enhancing, then you could do something about it. I I, I would say you've got lots of people that would go against... Some people would enjoy having flares, some people would go against it, but I know what you're saying. There was hundreds that enjoyed hooliganism. You know, we had the the Aberdeen casuals, we had the Rangers uh, and the Celtic idiots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They loved a fight. That's what they lived for. They didn't care about the football. They loved the fight. And we still managed to persuade them not to do it anymore. I wouldn't be surprised tonight at this meeting if that was the one thing the FFA came out with. It's like, we'll give you whatever you want. No, no, no. We'll give you whatever you want, but stop flares. (laughs) You see, the the flare is, and I think it's such a nonsense thing to be so caught up on. Because, you know... I, I, I don't mind seeing them. You know, it adds that bit of atmosphere. It adds that, you know, it feels very European um, that, you would, that you would see. Um, but the other, like, other sport media use it as propaganda because they look at it. And because it is, when you're there, when you're in the atmosphere of football and you know football, you, you appreciate it for, for what it is. But when you just see a photo of guys with, like, Hudson or, and someone holding a flare... It, it looks aggressive. It looks confrontational. It looks intimidating. Intimidating, yeah. And, 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 and it shouldn't be, and that's why just such a simple thing could be removed from the game. Yeah, kind of, the intimidation, kind of yes. But you, you have to be intimidating, for the, if not for the team, for the fans that are coming away. That's you you can thing. look intimidating, but yeah. you don't need to carry a flare. Yes, yeah, but even then, I've seen the so many photos. The whole thing is vital. I agree. Yeah, it's yeah. entirely vital. So many for photos of, of groups of guys, like shirts off, whatever, hands up, looking like you know they're ready, they're ready for war. But that's mm. just like them just losing it for the team they're supporting, mm. yeah. and they're misinterpreting it or seeing it, putting a whole different light on it when it's completely opposite of what they say. Take the flares out of that situation, and you, you, that would be fine. But no, but I'm saying like even without flares, like seeing like just groups of guys, like you know, that sort of thing. Someone will always find a way to go. Oh, look, people, that. people go yeah. get. Yeah. You know, no, yeah, we yeah. applaud the hacker. That's a good point. Yeah. And we get upset by Adam Goods doing a spear uh, uh, yeah. celebration. Yeah. You know, there is twisted values in Australian society. No, I agree. Yeah. With, with the media as well, and if they don't have a photo of us holding flares, they take one from Argentina oh, to yeah. use in the paper. <laughs> and I just got to point out as well, I mean, couldn't you make the argument that I don't know what happens behind the scenes of a lot of these clubs, but hasn't the number of flares gone down in the last couple of years and what they mm. were three, four years ago? So yeah. obviously behind the scenes, going in the right direction. we do know the fan groups and whoever's making these calls are aware that there is an issue because it costs the club, it puts us in problems, we've had issues with it. I mean, it looks like behind the scenes they are doing something about it. And it is being stamped down. I mean, you don't expect Rome... Rome doesn't get built in a day. This is... We're whittling away and we're working at something. I don't know whether it's coincidental or not. How serious would you be about flares? Say, instead of just finding the club $5,000 per flare, as I think it is at the moment, 
That five thousand comes off the salary cap. You see, so you know, you do twenty flares, you lose a hundred thousand off your salary cap. But no, I, you I, cannot I, have as good a team. That, 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 that's, that is nonsense. It, that, that would never happen because what's stopping a Sydney FC fan? Putting a black hoodie on, going into the RBB and lighting a flare. Well, he's got to be one brave bastard. <laughs> we, well, It'd I be mean, a blue flare. <laughs> that kind of stuff's happened before. People coming into base to besmirch the other team. It happened to us when we went to Melbourne City. Great word. <laughs> when we went down to Melbourne City away, the guy comes into the bank, King hits. The, what was the focus on? The focus was, Ivan, you might be able to tell us, you were nearby. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I had to grab the guy. I didn't. I didn't hear him though. Some CCTV, I'd be banned. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I promise. You've incriminated yourself again. No, Car- carry on, Michael. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, with the flares and that, and it comes down to, no matter what we do, if one flare goes off, then all of a sudden the media packs on it. So, I mean, is it not necessarily just the flare situation, or is it going to be the way the media perceives it? The Premier League, flares and smokies go off every now and then. What happens? It gets completely ignored by everyone. So if there's... You've got to contextualise that, though, because that's off a backdrop of really well, nasty, no, violent... That's right. That's so right. So if it, you take that and you... If, you, if you've got an occasional flare, maybe half a dozen mm. over the course of a season, over the whole 20 clubs, that's nothing compared mm. to what they've come from. But they've obviously come from this period of, of major rife hooliganism. But the thing is, we can take this rhetoric back to the way the media is perceiving it and the way the police are perceiving it. Andrew Scipione's comments uh, after the, grubs, the Grubgate situation was that we, we don't have to revert back to the UK model of putting fans in cages. Now, they stopped doing that the cages, and I put that in quotations, around about 1989 after the whole string of tragedies which police inevitably took a long time came out and and made comments that they were at fault for a lot of the things that happened. So obviously the media are taking this toe and they talk about it all the time of hooliganism this, hooliganism that. How long ago was all this happened? And that's all been stamped out. They refer to the English hooliganism, but it's all gone. So, I mean, do we have to re-educate the media in these lights? Do we have to change it? Do we have to change what the how the police view the games? Because otherwise, it's it, it's sort of it's a tumble down effect. It all drips down to the bottom. The, the the issue is that we're talking about flares and we're associating it to hooliganism, whereas in the A League that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So there there, yeah. are, there is a pocket, and and, and and I've seen it where there is a pocket of a handful of fans that are, are for those fights or whatever that stupidity. They watch too much uh, Green Street Hooligans or whatever, the stupid TV, <laughs> Fear Factory, whatever they're called. I don't, I don't Green Street Football people. Factory. There you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't watch them. Um, so they've watched that and they've, they're all juiced up and they reckon it's a, good, uh, it's a good night to have fun. I don't reckon. I don't reckon. The RBB has unequivocally come out many times and said that they don't condone flares. If you light a flare, it's your problem, and the RBB doesn't support you. That's mm. been it's, it's written in black People and white. People have been caught. Oh, I got done with the flare. Sorry, mate. You've, your you've made your bed laying Your problem. Me, so we already do denounce it. It's not our job to police it. No. And if you get caught with a flare, you get banned, and you're gone, and see you later. So we yeah. are addressing the issue. I think it's it's a scapegoat. The flare is a scapegoat, because it I is. think you'll find the majority of yeah. fa- uh, bans are not flare-related. Yeah. I'd agree. It is a scapegoat, but it's an easy one for people to pick on. That's the problem. Absolutely. If it's, if it's the one thing that they continually go on, and that's the only thing they say, like, oh, violence in the A-League, flares. I've never seen literally any violence when a flare's gone off. All I see is a group of us cheering the same... And they say, like, oh, against violence, but we're all in the same area. We're all supporting the same cause. Pretty much all of us, you know, we know each other, we say hi to each other, whatever. So for them to have, like, you know... 
20 riot squad officers around us to police us in case things get out of hand, to me, is just absolute rubbish because we're not there to fight. We're not there to get aggressive. We're there to Absolutely. cheer our team on, jump around, chant, whatever it is we do. If they say, oh, they're being aggressive, to hell with them because we know we're not. Absolutely. I think the whole perception that there is violence in the A-League is ridiculous. I mean, there, as I said before, there's more violence in King's Cross or the pub on Saturday night than there ever is at any A-League match. I've been going for 10 years. I literally have never seen a single fight. Literally. That, and, and, the, and, the, and that's in the stats, in the yeah. list of most violent yeah, exactly. venues, not, yeah. not even sporting venues, just venues well, in no, general. Well, we're on cricket. <laughs> <laughs> no collector, there's no per tech. There's the SCG Trust, but the bundle of stats that came out afterwards is rugby league cricket, AFL, ahead of football. Yeah, 11 times worse yeah. than football. That's right. And just on the fact that when, Ivan, you were saying we can't self-police or we've already denounced them, Look, if, if the security, the people that check my bag, the three people that pat me down on, the, on, my, way on, on my way into Pertec Stadium can't, you know, are they can't stewards stop. or just fans? They're just <laughs> got people lined up, really. <laughs> no. um, if, if they're unable to stop it, who, who am I to stop yeah. someone from bringing a flare into the RBB? Mm. Plus, some of these people in the RBB, you wouldn't want to go up and say much to them. <laughs> Would they understand you? Would they understand you? Would they understand you, though? Are you trying to be racist? For? No, <laughs> I'm just saying. ¿Qué estás hablando, Nick? ¿Qué? Arabic? ¿Qué? I think that's perfect time to wrap it up, folks. Um, uh, any final statements? Anything? Any advice to offer to the to the FFA overnight? Definitely come down to Blue's, guys. Yeah. Fantastic restaurant down, down in Hart's Park. Have the yeah. butter chicken. David Gallup, James <laughs> Come down, get some, uh, what was it, fried cauliflower? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, fried oh, cauliflower. Oh, yes. Mm, that cauliflower. Amazing. I guarantee all the, the anger in your lives against football fans will be gone. They're, they're going to be sitting here at these same tables going, yeah, look, just have whatever you want. We'll take the cauliflower. It'll be all right. <laughs> Smoke the piece cauliflower with us. Don't, don't, do, do, and get something going. You never seen Pain and Gain? <laughs> no. and, that, and that's Nick for the show, guys. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Nick, for joining that us. That is me. I had no South Park reference, so I'm sorry. All right, Nick. Uh, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for producing. It looks you're like welcome. you've done a very good job. Well, when we hear it, we'll know exactly how well we went. <laughs> <laughs> None of these mics were on? Uh, it, it's on. Sorry, Steve. We actually did well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, from, from the 442 team, uh, Tatiana, Michael, Brendan, and Ivan, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Nice to uh, have dinner and have a chat with you guys. Just quietly with you around the block team. You're the 442 team. <laughs> From the 442 team. Ah. He's just trying to be oh, nice. <laughs> You're lucky, mate. You're lucky. Um, around the block, great pod. Um, good, friendly rivals of ours. Uh, and it's a nice, uh, n- nice opportunity to come out and, uh, and have 442 on the road. Kev? Yeah, I'm just grateful that you didn't bring all your uh, FFDU awards to <laughs> yeah. in front of us and They don't fit in the car anymore. There's just too many. Thank you guys for coming down as well. We know you're all busy. And um, no, it's, it's really great that we can do this. Well, obviously, you guys may not be Wanderers fans necessarily, but I'm sure you're, you're fans of the, the whole A-League across the board as part of your job. Fans alone. of football, Mike. Fans, Fans of, football. of football. That's right. So it's, it's great to come, come down and have a chat one. and uh, <laughs> have a civilised chat. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I try Excellent. to drop that as much as possible. Thank you. Cheers, and I've been your host, Adam, uh, and, and we'll be speaking to you on 442 FM next week. Cheers. See you. See you.